Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. For the third year in a row, week 13 has the Bears at home. And for the third year in a row, it also has the Bears playing host to the exact same team in the San Francisco 49ers. Can the Bears get back on the winning track? Or will 13 be an unlucky number? Tracy Sandler from the Fangirl Sports Network joins us on the Week 13 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. If you think you're having a case of deja vu, it's it's not just you. It's uh, we are seeing the same thing for the same for the third year in a row with the same two teams playing on almost literally the same exact day uh, of the year. The first Sunday in December for the third year in a row, our beloved Chicago Bears are taking on the San Francisco 49ers at Soldier Field. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. Back for the Week 13 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review and Tracy Sandler from the Fangirl Sports Network, a.k.a. the 49er Fangirl, will be on uh, just a few minutes to uh, help us preview this game uh, between the Bears and the 49ers. And um, <laughs> it, uh, it was a conversation that talked more about the future than it did about the present because of the state of both teams. You know, we've, we've got 22 games played between the two of us and only four combined victories uh, between those two teams, so a record of four and eighteen between our two esteemed franchises, and um, you know three on the Bears side, one on San Francisco side. As far as those victories are concerned, there's not a lot of highlights uh, involved in seasons that are going in that direction. So uh, the, the 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 conversation that Tracy and I had skews heavily on. 2018 and beyond as far as 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 opposed to what's going to be taking place in about 72 hours between the Bears uh, and the 49ers so uh, just to give you a heads up it was more like a 2018 preview than it was a week 13 uh, preview uh, to be honest with you but uh, enjoyed having Tracy on and uh, you know we play the NFC West again or not again but we do play the NFC West next season so the 49ers, the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals will all be on the schedule again uh, next year. So uh, very much could have, you know, Tracy Sandler and uh, a host of 49er, or excuse me, a, a host of Fangirl, uh, ne- Fangirl Network, uh, you know, ladies on the show uh, next year. She says that they have one for everyone in the NFC West. So very well could be that we have uh, uh, the NFC West will be dominated by the ladies uh, next year as far as who our opponent previews and uh, and such will be covered by. So we have that look to uh, look forward to. Um, it's been a an interesting week, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, the, 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 some, some strange moves, some promising moves, some weird moves uh, the Bears have made uh, this week. Let's start with the, the promising move. And, and one 
was um, earlier this week, uh, Lamar Houston, our former outside linebacker, you know, big free agent signing, um, was released by the Houston Texans. That's where he had landed uh, after the Bears released him at the end of the preseason. Um, he was uh, brought on to, to help out, you know, with uh, some of the injuries going on in Houston. For one reason or another, he was let go by the Texans, and the Bears claimed him uh, this week. So he is back uh, in a Bear uniform. I can almost guarantee we will see him play uh, on Sunday against the uh, 49ers, and why not? You know, we're, we're down to Isaiah Irving, Sam Acho, and, and Pernell McPhee uh, as, 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 uh, as our outside linebackers right now. We, you know, uh, Lamar Houston is actually a step up, you know, as far as adding some talent to a position that that desperately needs it uh, at this point. You know, it's it's a, a 3-4 defense. It's it's built on disruption, and um, we don't really have the horses to get to the quarterback. Now, granted, this week it might be a little bit easier. The 49ers not a very good football team. The, the offensive line is suspect at best. So this could be, a, you know, not the best litmus test as far as what the, what the Bears might look like going forward, but... Hopefully, this will be a week where at least we as Bear fans can have fun watching a Bear game, like kind of like we did last year when we played the 49ers, 26-6, to six, and Jordan Howard plowing his way for three touchdowns. Only this time, I hope it's, you know, seeing Trubisky throw for three touchdowns uh, instead of, I mean, not that it wasn't fun watching Jordan Howard do that, you know, last year, but it'd be nice to see Trubisky kind of have that game, you know, in his rookie season. Uh, to kind of have that one where it's like, oh, yeah, so that's what this kid is capable of. I would like to see that happen this week. We'll talk more about that after the interview when we kind of discuss what it is the Bears need to do this week against the uh, 49ers. But that's something that I would like to see. I, you know, I would like to see the Bears try to take advantage of the fact that we're playing somebody for one of the rare times in the schedule that we are definitely better than. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just kind of comes down to that. Uh, you know, I, I, you hear uh, Tracy and I will talk about this uh, towards the end of the interview. Uh, a lot of things that, that you kind of get the feeling, you know, you get that weird like kind of gut sensation that things might not work out for the Bears with this being Jimmy Garoppolo's first start in a 49er uniform. He's coming back home to Chicago. He's a Chicagoland kid, went to Eastern Illinois University, uh, you know, and the Bears have little to no useful tape on Jimmy Garoppolo. Any information or tape that they would have on him uh is you know number one there's not a lot of it and it's with him on a different team with different personnel running a different offense so what he would look like running an offense under Kyle Shanahan the Bears really have no idea he was only on the field for three plays uh for the 49ers against the Seahawks on Sunday so like I said the Bears have little to no useful tape on Garoppolo as far as the 49ers are concerned and the 49ers may well use that uh to their advantage so but uh, hoping that some things will help prevent that from happening uh, on Sunday, like the return of Danny Trevathan. Uh, he is back on the practice field this week, granted in, in limited capacity uh, so far, but nonetheless back on the practice field for the first time since uh, the Saints game uh, before the bye. Um, you know, it's uh, hopefully that will help, um, you know, add things to Lamar Houston. Uh, coming back into the fold, hopefully solidifying our pass rush or restoring somewhat of a pass rush. I mean, we're back to uh, Houston and McPhee being the starters, I one would think anyway, um, you know, which was us, what, two years ago, 2015? Those were our starting outside linebackers. So 
hopefully that will be something that uh, works to our advantage uh, on on Sunday. Uh, not to mention, you know, our offense being what it is, uh, at the very least, hopefully we can get Jordan Howard going against this uh, this 49er uh, defense. You know, not one not one of the best. It's like 28th in the NFL uh, this year for points against and yards and stuff. And it just really seems like this is a golden opportunity for the Bears to re- rewrite themselves. You know, um, like I said, you, you hear me t- say it to Tracy. You've heard me say it a million times this year. This is the portion of the season that we've been looking forward to, and we haven't taken advantage of it yet. It's taking advantage of us, quite frankly. So this will be hopefully the best opportunity the Bears have to kind of get things going in the in the right direction because we got a tough game next week against Cincinnati. So, um, you know, but I hope that the Bears don't look past the 49ers seeing, oh, 1-10, big deal, you know, we you know, we've got the Bengals coming up next week. That's actually the game that we want to pay attention to. I hope we're not being that stupid. I mean, granted, with John Fox as leading the ship, one can never tell. But uh, you know, it, it can it it it's it's not something that can be dismissed as a possibility uh, offhand. So, speaking of John Fox, um, most likely taken out of context, but not exactly something you want to hear your coach saying out loud to the press corps where he's being recorded and quoted and uh, everything else under the sun uh, with social media and the 24-hour news cycle and uh, all that kind of stuff. John Fox, it was in response to uh, Trey McBride being cut by the Bears. I don't know if I covered that on the review episode on Tuesday. Um, But um, the Bears did release Trey McBride, and it's rumored that it was uh, due in part to him being in that shouting altercation that was heard in, in Hallis Hall on Monday. And it, it was also rumored that said altercation was between him and Josh Bellamy. Now, why we would hang on to McBride or hang on to Bellamy and release McBride, that's a conversation that could take us all day. But granted, McBride is the one that got cut. Bellamy has returned from his concussion where he missed last week's game. So take that for what you will. But in relation to who might replace McBride on the roster, which later turned out to be Lamar Houston, um, John Fox said, and I quote, we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Now, in John Fox's defense, he knew what the Bears were doing. They just hadn't um, officially made the deal or or what have you with Lamar Houston. So, but he laid that gem on us. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Cause we're idiots. We're, we're three and eight. This season is over. I'm already packing up my office and, you know, making plans to go golfing in Florida or whatever the hell Fox does when he's not ruining the future of the Chicago bears. But, uh, you know, he says, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Just like, really? really John that's what you put out there for the whole work because and it can be misconstrued in a thousand ways and it has uh you know with the way the season is going with the way that bear fans and, and the media in general are questioning every single move that Fox makes because just about every move that he makes has been the wrong one this year and for pretty much his entire tenure and this <laughs> that's what you say to them we don't know what we're doing well thank you Thank you for confirming what we've suspected 
all along. We don't know what we're doing. Somewhere in Hallis Hall, George McCaskey was putting his forehead through his desk when that quote hit the airwaves. You know he had to be out of his mind. Like, what are you doing, you idiot? So <laughs> that was what John Fox said, you know. Out of context, in con- I mean, in the context, it was the Bears didn't know what what roster move they were going to make in order to replace Trey McBride, even though at the time he probably did know full well that they were going to uh, claim Lamar Houston and, and put him on the roster in McBride's stead. So, but in, but Fox being the guy that he is and being as vague as a human being can be. I mean, we thought that Lovey Smith had the market cornered on vague answers to the media. John Fox has put him to shame in his short tenure as the coach of the Bears. So, so yeah, Lamar Houston is back. Trey McBride is gone. And we have done nothing that I know of to replace the wide receiver position. You know, to I don't know that we've we've promoted anybody or what have you to to add what we've removed from a core of players that has been severely lacking from the moment the season has started. And uh you know, we took away a guy that was at least promising in a unit that is filled with players that, for the most part, don't have any business playing pro football, at least not this year anyway. Um, so Trey McBride is gone. Lamar Houston is back. The addition of Houston is a good thing. The subtraction of McBride is not. And speaking of questionable decisions, um, Quinton Demps is the other, because uh, NFL teams are allowed two players to be designated off of the short-term IR. Uh, Last week, the Bears pulled the first one with DeAndre Hall, uh, the former fourth-round pick from a year ago. And this week, it was Quinton Demps who broke his arm against, or fractured his, I think his forearm, against the Steelers uh, in week three. And uh, so that effectively puts an end to anyone else who was possibly going to come back this year, most notably, Kevin White, who actually made the trip to Philadelphia with the team last week. I mean, a lot of people kind of took that as a sign that, you know, he's kind of getting reacclimated with the team. It could mean that he's going to be pulled off of IR. And, you know, obviously we could use the help at wide receiver. Why not give him a shot? But instead, it's Quentin Demps instead of Kevin White. And, you know, safety really hasn't been a problem for us this year. Uh, especially since Quentin Demps went down and Adrian Amos has been a beast for the most part, along with how well Eddie Jackson has played uh, in his rookie campaign. It's corner where we could definitely use the help. I mean, after a strong start, Kyle Fuller has fallen off deeply since the second half of the season started. Uh, Prince of Mukamura um, is inconsistent at best. He, he's, he's probably the best corner that we have on the team right now, but he can't help himself from you know causing a handful of defensive penalties uh, throughout a football game. Like he had two like on one drive against the Philadelphia Eagles last week. I mean, extended drives that put points on the board for Philadelphia. Uh, Marcus Cooper uh, hasn't been able to unscrew his head since the Pittsburgh Steeler game. We pretty much haven't heard from that guy. And he was out hurt a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury or whatever it was. Corners where we need the help. But we keep bringing, like DeAndre Hall is supposed to be a converted safety now. So if, it, if that's the case, we've brought two safeties and the Bears signed Chris Przinski today, bringing him back into the fold. So three safeties now. I mean, and, and looking at the injury report, I see Adrian Amos is 
hasn't practiced yet this week with a uh, with a hamstring issue, but you know, it, it, I don't know. I just don't know. I, I don't I don't understand. But um, you know, let's stick with the um, injury list. Um, Amos hasn't practiced yet with a hamstring. Don't not sure when that happened. Uh, Josh Bellamy has been full participation after recovering concussion from a concussion. Bryce Callahan and Tom Compton are both limited with knee and ankle injuries, respectively. Uh, DeAndre Houston Carson uh, hasn't practiced with an ankle injury. Roy Robertson Harris was limited with that hamstring injury that's been bugging him for a while. Josh Sitton has not practiced with a concussion. He left the game against Philly uh, with a concussion. And Danny Trevathan, as I said earlier, has been limited but he has finally returned to practice with that calf injury uh, that has kept him out for the entire second half of the season thus far. So, you know, looks like we might be getting some guys back. Hopefully Trevathan will be playing the return of Lamar Houston. It kind of seems like maybe we're solidifying the defense a bit. Maybe the defense can reclaim that spark it had since Trevathan went down uh, in the New Orleans game because that was pretty much, I mean, even though it wasn't our best game defensively it was the last decent performance the defense has put in you know holding the 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 uh the saints defense or excuse me saints offense uh to only uh, uh 20 points you know we were got robbed of the touchdown so we had should have had more points than we did but you know forcing the turnovers late in the football game things like that um you know we've pretty much been ghosted ever since the second half of the season started green bay detroit and then of course last week against philadelphia the defense has looked like a shell of itself so uh, hopefully the return of Trevath and the addition of Houston will help uh, bring things uh, back into focus uh, for the defense. So, um, and finally, I got a question over Twitter today. Um, originally, I thought it said, what do you want in the Bears next coach? Like what kind of traits? I thought that's what the question was. Turns out the question was, who do you want for the next Bears uh, head coach? Um, I don't know. Um, I think I covered that earlier this week as far as uh, who I don't want. Anyone who's ever coached under Bill Belichick ever don't want any of those people um, because it's it's proven that uh, Belichick is a one-man band uh, because anybody that leaves, number one, it doesn't affect Belichick and the success of the Patriots. And number two, when any one of those guys tries to stand on their own, they can't. So, uh, you know, Unless I'm forgetting somebody, Bill O'Brien is the biggest success story of the bunch. And he had one decent season in Penn State before he, you know, scurried off to the Texans where he's been, you know, yeah, he's won a couple of division titles, but he's done so in the weakest division uh, in football where he's kind of like the default champion because nobody else is good enough to win it. Now, thanks to his quarterback going down, uh, in the midst of one of the better starts a rookie quarterback's ever had, the Texans are only one game better than the Bears right now at four and seven. So, you know, take that for what you will. Um, but anybody that's ever coached under Belichick, I don't want them. So the Mc- Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia uh, pipe dreams, just toss them out. I don't want either of those guys. Uh, there's been a lot of talk of Frank Reich, who's the offensive coordinator for Philadelphia. Uh, possibly even John, I think it's John or Joe DeFilippo, uh, the quarterback coach for the Eagles, the guy that's that's helped uh, Carson Wentz the last two seasons with his progression as a uh, starting NFL quarterback. Interesting, um, possibly, you know, why not? I mean, I guess we can go 
in that uh, in that direction. Uh, I'm more interested in in what do I want in the Bears head coach, and you know, to tell you the truth, anything other than 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 what John Fox is, we, old school. That's got to go because he's very he is a very old school guy. He's in his 60s, kind of set in his ways. And he's had success with what he's trying to do with the Bears. You know, running the football, playing defense, that worked for him in Carolina, uh, especially in Carolina. Uh, In Denver, he had to turn things over to the offense because he was blessed with Peyton Manning uh, as his quarterback. So, you know, he kind of got lucky there. But, um, you know, it's... I would very much like for the Bears to kind of get their hands on a Sean McVay or a Kyle Shanahan... Uh, Doug Peterson type of of guy, you know, an offensive guy, somebody who's coming in specifically to groom Mitch Trubisky. Because if the NFL's proven anything to us over the last several years, it's that where the quarterback goes, the team goes. So it's you don't really have a team in the league right now that's got an awesome all star quarterback, but the team goes nowhere. You know, when Cam Newton is hot and doing great things, the Panthers are winning. With the, the Steelers when, and Roethlisberger, obviously with Patriots and, and, and Brady, uh, you know, when, when Andy Dalton was playing his best football, the Cincinnati Bengals were on the top of the AFC North Division. Same thing with, with Baltimore. When Flacco was getting the job done, the Ravens won a Super Bowl and they were dominating the AFC North. And, you know, how well were the Texans doing before Deshaun and Watson got hurt? And, uh, you know, look at the the Eagles and the Rams, hopefully a mirror image of who the Bears can be next year, you know, with the, the, the both of them being first year players, uh, rookies and high draft picks last year, and then having an entire offseason as the starter, knowing from day one that they were in charge, had some pieces added around them. Boom, the Eagles and the Rams right now sitting atop their division going to the playoffs right now. Both teams in the playoffs. The Rams at 8 and 3, a game ahead of the the Seahawks in the AFC West, and the um Eagles 10 and 1 right now. If the Cowboys lose tonight to the uh Redskins, they're playing right now on Thursday night football. If the Cowboys lose tonight, I think the Eagles clinch the NFC East tonight. You know, they'll win the division week 13 because they'll be up like 5 games with with 5 to play. The the you know, they just won't be able to catch the Cowboys. And, and they even have, you know, the head-to-head advantage over the Cowboys at this point. So regardless of what happens, even if they finish with the exact same 10-6 record, the Eagles win the division, and that's it. So, I mean, if the, if the Cowboys lose tonight, the Eagles clinch their division before they even step on the field uh, on Sunday. So, I mean, that's how good that's going for them. So I would very much like to kind of follow in the mold of the Rams, of the Eagles, you know, uh, to to have someone that's going to be able to nurture and mentor and and coach this this quarterback that has shown great flashes this year. He's shown touches of greatness, much like Wentz and Goff did last year. And then you know another year of grooming under Peterson, and then Sean McVay coming from Washington over to uh, Los Angeles, helping Jared Goff make that big leap from possibly one of the worst first number one overall picks ever, you know, or at least that's how he was looking playing under Jeff Fisher last year to all of a sudden looking like a legit number one overall pick with the way he's playing down in Los Angeles now under Sean McVay. So I want someone who's going to come in and and be a difference maker, someone who's going to trust Trubisky, 
put the offense in his hands. I mean, all we've heard is number one, the rumors that, you know, whether Trubisky is being handcuffed by Loggins or Loggins being handcuffed by Fox, someone who is going to trust Trubisky to do it, to play the game, to lead the offense, to be the guy. Someone is going to come in and do that because obviously John Fox doesn't. When you hear Trubisky in press conferences say, if Coach Fox lets us open up the offense, I don't want to hear the rest of that statement is irrelevant. If John, if Coach Fox lets us open up the offense, it's just why aren't we opening up the offense? Why, you know, why aren't we doing something more? Why aren't we helping this kid progress? Why aren't we testing him uh, and, and whatnot? It's, it's, um, it's a mind-boggling thing. So anybody who's going to come in and nurture, nurture, groom, and help Trubisky grow, that's the guy that I want. So obviously we're looking at somebody on the offensive uh, side of the ball. That would be great. So... Hopefully that is, is what we have who that person might be. I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's a little too early. I mean, there are some candidates out there. Uh, there've been other rumors. I forget what his name is, but the guy that's the offensive coordinator under McVeigh in Los Angeles has also been rumored to be a guy that could be considered as a head coaching candidate, uh, around the league, uh, this year. So, you know, it's not 100% clear who, what teams are going to have an opening aside from, the Bears and possibly the Giants. I don't see how Ben McAdoo uh, survives uh, Black Monday, uh, especially with the way they benched. They handled benching uh, Eli Manning this week. Um, I won't get into that right now, but it was an absolute travesty. I even I even put it on Twitter that I'm not a Giants fan. Actually, I retweeted Brett Coleman, our friend um, for the for the Texans for SB Nation. Um, I always forget what they're what they're called. It's like the red red something. I forget. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, Brett Coleman said, I'm not even a, a Giants fan, and this pisses me off. This is abhorrent, and it's true. I felt the exact same way. You know, I'm not an Eli Manning fan or anything like that, but you have to respect what the guy has done. Um, you know, two, two world championships for the Giants, beat Brady and Belichick in the Super Bowl both times, you know, and he started 210 straight football games, and this is how you do it? This is how you handle it. You know, I, they asked him. You know, they told him, well, we're going to let you start, but then we're going to bring in the other guys. I wouldn't have told him, you know, I wouldn't have done it at all. I would have had him go out there, maybe a couple of, you know, plays or let him play the first half and then be like, you know what? We're going to let, uh, we're going to let the young guys get in there and take the second half. You know, we're just going to get them some reps and, and see how it goes. Uh, you know, cause God knows the giants, they wouldn't be in the game by halftime, no matter who they're playing, uh, this Sunday, I forget who it is, but, uh, you know, instead they just like, yeah. Um, we're going to, we'll let you start so you can do your streak. And then we're going to bring the other guys in pretty much immediately. And Eli is like, you know what? Screw it. You're going to play him. Just play him. And effectively ending a streak that the guys had going since, since he took over during his rookie year in 2004. I mean, that was 13 seasons ago. He hasn't missed a, he hasn't missed a snap since he took over as the starting quarterback in his rookie year. And in that time, he's won two championships. He's won, you know, a host of, Division titles, been to the playoffs, and so on and so forth, multiple times. And this is how you, this is how you treat the guy that led you to two world championships. It's kind of ridiculous. So, I said I wasn't going to get into it, and then I talked about it for five minutes. So anyway, so that's the way the cookie crumbles uh, with news and notes um, this week. Like I said, interesting, questionable, promising moves. It's it's been an interesting 
uh, f- you know, f- couple of days this week uh, with the things coming out of Hallis Hall. My favorite, of course, being we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Really? Even take, you know, the light of people are going to take that out of context. And I saw it all over Facebook, people just quoting him saying that alone, regardless of what he was talking about. You can't say that kind of stuff, man. You just can't do it. So um, anyway, that's going to do it for the news and notes. And uh, what do you go ahead and, and step aside and bring in our good friend Tracy Sandler from the, uh, 40, the 49er fangirl from the Fangirl Sports Network to help us preview the Bears and 49ers for week number 13. Lucky week number 13 of the 2017 season has the Bears and the 49ers for the third year in a row playing on week 13 almost exactly on the same day as they have in 2015 and 2016. See, two years ago, it was December 5th. Last year, it was December 4th. This year, it will be December 3rd, week 13, same two teams, same location, Soldier Field. And since we're in the theme of doing things the same way we did it before, we're going to have the 49ers fangirl Tracy Sandler back with us to talk about the 49ers and help us preview this game. Tracy, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So I understand that the since we talked all the way back in May, um, you've added a few fangirls to the network, have you not? Yes. How yes, many? we have. We have eight NFL fans. Wow. Okay. Uh, we have eight. They're covering the AFC and NFC West, so there's a fangirl for each of those teams. Okay. Um, so it's been a very exciting season. It's been very busy uh, at Fangirl Sports Network, but it's been really exciting, and having all these fangirls has been awesome, and we will continue to expand next year. Well, considering that the Bears are pl- the, the Bears are playing the NFC West next year, I might be able to, or I might have to, to ask uh, each and every one of you to be on the show at some point next year. Yes, I think so, because we'll have, we'll have all those, NFC West fangirls, well, ready to talk, ready to talk football. And if girls are good at anything, talking would be that thing, right? Oh, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, here I am. I'm a guy with a podcast. So, I mean, I love the sound of my own voice, so I guess that, you know, I don't know. We'll just... There you go. Right. So, anyway, 2017, um, we had an, an interesting beginning to it, considering that our two teams were mixed up in this trade that landed the Bears Mitch Trubisky and you know lots of uh, opinions about how the 49ers fleeced us on that one and and all the rest of it and you know uh and what have you and um you know the season has been let's say interesting uh to say the least for the for both teams the Bears currently three and eight on a four game uh losing streak the 49ers went oh in was it eight or nine before you finally won your first game Nine. Oh, and nine. Oh, and nine. Before beating uh, the Giants a couple of weeks ago, and um, yes, losing uh, to Seattle just last Sunday. But the most interesting development of that loss to Seattle was the late game appearance of Jimmy Garoppolo, who proceeded then to throw a touchdown at the end of regulation at the game on Sunday. Yes, he did, and fans were very excited about that. Right, and then the prompt announcement from the 49ers that Garoppolo would, in fact, start on Sunday. 
uh, against the Bears. Now, is that something that's been coming since the trade has been made, or is it because C.J. Beathard is unhealthy? It's because C.J. Beathard's unhealthy. Kyle Shanahan's been pretty transparent um, from the get-go, and he's been telling us from the beginning that he was not going to rush Jimmy Garoppolo into this. And uh, C.J. is hurt. He didn't practice yesterday. He didn't practice today. Uh, Kyle told us yesterday that he's hoping that he is able, he's able to dress on Sunday and be with the backup quarterback. So he definitely is hurt. You know, I think it was a difficult decision, and Kyle said that too. He said it was a very difficult decision. That fact that CJ was hurt made it kind of a, you know, he didn't really have a choice. Um, but he's been trying to balance. He did want CJ to play more. He wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to have more time with the offense, and he wants him to give him the best chance of being successful. But I think this was a decision where he really had – no choice, and um, you know it was time. I, you know, we have we have no idea. CJ had stayed healthy all the way through, and they got beat pretty bad last week. And he had a great game. Would he have still made the choice? We don't we don't know. But um, CJ is in fact hurt, so it was kind of you know the decision to be made. And then Kyle said yesterday that it's a week to week quarterbacking decision. Like most likely, if Jimmy stays healthy and he plays well, he will be the starter for the foreseeable future. But he is going to take it week to week. So if if Beathard can't go, who who's your other quarterback? Do you, do you have a third on the on the roster right now? Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. The, uh, third quarter. He's on the he's on the practice squad, so he would obviously have to get promoted, bumped up. But right. it's Nick Mullins. So hopefully CJ will be okay to be back up. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, he has not practiced the last two days. So just looking over the schedule, and aside from playing in what quite possibly might be the best Thursday night football game ever. Um, what other yeah, highlights? Was it was fantastic. I mean, even I got wrapped up in that game and I wasn't expecting to in a 41 to 39, you know, back and forth, you know, battle to the death on, on Thursday night football. It just doesn't happen. I mean, that's why most people want to do away with Thursday night football because these games are boring and, you know, relative snooze fest. But that thing with, with San Francisco was just, or with the Rams, I should say, was just, Knockdown drag out pretty much from start to finish. Yeah, it was. It really was. It was. A, it was a fun game. It was a fun game to cover, and it was a fun game to watch. So, what other highlights of this year? I mean, because there's, you know, you got to look for them when you're one in ten. But what, what else can we, you know, what do the 49ers have to build on to look forward to in 2018? Well, I think you know John and Kyle have a real vision for this team, and I think we're seeing it come together. And so. Yeah, especially like when the 49ers played the Giants, you looked at a team that was terrible and on the way down and was just a mess. It was the 49ers, they are truly in a rebuild. There's truly a vision here. There's truly a plan in place. And some, we've been able to see a few glimpses of this, you know, what the Kyle Shanahan office would be. Defensively, we have a lot of very young um, starters on this team. And they're coming together and they show flashes of, um, of excitement and flashes of being and you know, being a really strong defensive unit. They have a ways to go, but you can see that Reuben Foster is going to be a really special player in this league and that when he is on the field, it's just different. It's a different kind of game, and he is pretty incredible. So if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a star for the 49ers and a star for the NFL. So I think that's been good to see. Um, we've seen Solomon Thomas, who's coming along he's not your typical number three pick who's super flashy right out the gate but he has shown a lot of promise some games have been better than others in some areas he's better than others but 
you can kind of see like what he could be and where he could be in the next season or two. DeForest Buckner has continued to have a really good career with the 49ers, so his second season is looking good. Um, so, you know, we're seeing a lot of that. The Jimmy Garoppolo trade is probably the most exciting thing that's happened thus far. Uh, and so hopefully he actually plays well, lives up to expectations. I think, obviously, 49er fans know that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to need a good supporting cast and a strong offensive line to truly be successful. But I think in these next few games, we'll at least get to see a little bit of the talent there and a little bit of what what he has and what he will have when there are you know, better pieces around him. So is Garoppolo, I mean, do you have any idea if, if Garoppolo is going to be a franchise tag guy next year or do you think the 49ers will get him a deal? I think he'll be a franchise tag. Kyle's been pretty, Kyle Shan's been pretty open about that, that they think that that most likely is the direction they'll go, that that makes the most sense. Right, right, okay. So the Kirk Cousin flirtation, that's that's over with now. I think that's over. Yeah. I think this is, I, this is Jimmy Garoppolo's job to win and um, become the long-term quarterback for this team. Well, you know, it's it's funny. As as a football fan, I, I, I like watching things like this with the – with what the 49ers are doing when they, they, they build this foundation, they, they go out and they, and they get John Lynch and they, they, they get one of the hottest coaching prospects that's been in a while in Shanahan and then sign them to tandem deals. Like they're both on six year contracts. So they're in this thing literally together and they're, you know, slowly but surely kind of building this thing. And, you know, the, kind of what they've been doing in the past, only now it's John Lynch's turn to, to lead the ship with the, with the top draft picks and, and taking the young players and, and developing this, that, and the, uh, and the other. So, you know, and plus as a child of the eighties, who was bigger than the 49ers in the eighties, it's, it sucks to see a team like that in the position that they're in right now. No, I think there's, I, I think they're going to be a lot better. Mistakes have been made. Um, and you know, we will never know what would have happened if Harbaugh had stayed or this, that, and the other, but I think they are on an upward swing. This was always going to be a rough season. This is very much a rebuilding team. I mean, they had over 30 new players of the 53-man roster. Over 30 of the players were new. Um, And frankly, next year could be very similar. You'll probably see a very high turnover again. But some of the key pieces are starting to be in place. They're just, like I've said, have to shore up that offensive line. Going to have to get a little bit of a better supporting cast around the quarterback. Um, But they – will be better in the next couple of years. 49er fans are going to be patient, which is hard because they've been, been patient for the last couple of years. Right. Um, but I would say, you know, next year will be better, and the following year they'll probably be competing, I would imagine, for a playoff spot. So that's kind of, you know, I think that's going to take a little time. <laughs> yeah, these things uh, normally do. I mean, it definitely looks like Lynch and, and Shanahan are playing the long game here. They're not trying to flip this thing over. Uh, inside of a year, so right. Um, how many quarterbacks have played for you guys this year? Garoppolo uh, will be the third. He'll be the third. So it's Hoyer and Bethard, and then now the third. So it's three. It okay. Was Hoyer, Bethard, and Garoppolo. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, the Hoyer, the Hoyer time seems so far away. I almost forget that Hoyer was ever the quarterback of the team. You know, it's it's funny you say that it's because we started out with Mike Glennon. Uh, we we suffered through four right. games with him, and you know, um, Trubisky has been our starter for the last seven games, and it does feel like a lifetime ago that we had 
Mike Glennon as our starting quarterback. So I, I definitely know what you mean when you say that it, fe- it feels like the Brian Hoyer era, if the term could be used, feels like it was last year, not earlier this season. So it I does. mean, it's it uh, it's, it really it's, does. You know, I definitely know where you're coming from uh, on that one because we, you know we had to suffer through Mike Glennon those first four games, and it really does feel like it was you know not this season, but a further time ago that that Glennon was the quarterback. It, it feels like Trubisky's been starting this whole time. So um, I definitely know what you're where you're coming from on that one. And um, the same thing that you were saying about Solomon Thomas, um, not as flashy as you would think a number three pick would be. Very similar to how Trubisky is. He does some great things. You definitely see flashes of why he was a number two, uh, but he does make some rookie mistakes. He's got some things to work on, but every now and then he will make that play that makes you go like, yep, that's the future right there. Well, and I think, you know, you see with Jared Goff, who last season it was unclear why they traded the world for him, and I said I thought it was a bad a bad move because your number one pick should be a playmaker right off the bat, but he's totally proven me wrong and everyone wrong. And it also goes to show, you know, coaching has changed a lot. They shored up that offensive line. They got him two really good wide receivers. um, And it's changed Jared Goff tremendously. Now in Mitchell Trubisky's case, no offense, but unfortunately he plays for the bears. And I don't know that the bears management is, is going to do what needs to be done to get him what he needs. Um, and I don't know if John Fox is the coach to get him what he needs. Um, but, yes, I think, like you said, the flashes are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could be a real good quarterback in this league. But even your best quarterbacks can't do it alone, at least that potentially Tom Brady. But when I mean, you have the Tom Brady-Bill Belichick combo, I think anything's possible. But in most cases, even your greatest quarterbacks, they can't do it alone. They do need a little help along the way. So hopefully Chicago will be able to get that for Mitchell Trubisky at some point. Well, you know, from your lips to God's ears on that one, I um, I hope that that is, I hope that is the case. I mean, the Firefox movement has definitely been underway for a great portion uh, of this of this season, and you know, with the way that the second half of the year uh, has started with this zero and three start, the embarrassing loss to Philadelphia uh, on the road last week, and this was the portion of the year that we as Bear fans had been looking for because ever since the schedule came out in April. All we've heard is the Bears have like the second or third toughest schedule in football for the first eight games, and we somehow navigated our way to a three and five record. And now we've got, you know, all due respect, we got the 49ers, we got the Browns, the Bengals aren't looking too hot. We had two games with the Lions who were trending down at the time, and a game with an Aaron Rodgerless Green Bay Packer team. And it's like, that's, you know, if we can do three and five against the schedule that we had to run in the first eight games, the second half of the schedule with the defense and the way it's playing, we could really do something here. And we've fallen flat and it's been a disaster from the moment that we kicked off uh, the second half. So, you know, I'm very much hoping that um, we have a new regime or, you know, it looks like Ryan Pace, our general manager, is safe. But uh, I'm definitely hoping that there's somebody else in charge um, when the Bears take the field in 2018. So, Well, we'll have to see, though. I don't know that Ryan... I don't know that Ryan Pace has made great decisions for the Bears either, but you'll see what happens there. <laughs> well, you know, it's as far as free agency, I would definitely agree. But uh, I've, I've, I've loved most of his draft picks have uh, have kind of worked out for us, you know, for the most part. That's true. So, yeah, you know, he, he, but, you know, that was his bread and butter. He was a scout and an evaluator for the Saints before he came to the Bears. It's free agency where he's kind of, aside from, 
maybe Akeem Hicks. He's kind of missed on just about every free agency uh, acquisition he's made, and don't even get me started on Mike Lennon. So, um, you know, that was right. that was definitely not a good move. But uh, you know, the Forty Niners. Um, I've I've always I've always you know been a fan of the Forty ers just because they were so good. I mean, they were kind of hard to hate. It's kind of like the Patriots of today. You want to hate the Patriots, but they're just they they play the game so well. You know, it's kind of hard to hate against them. Um, but you you know you you have the Forty ers in in struggling in this year. And you know, uh, what's the you know what what tools or weapons do you have on the offensive side right now? What do we need to be worried about on Sunday? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> That's pretty much it. You know, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns right now. Um, we'll have to see if if Trent Brown is indeed healthy for Sunday, which hopefully he will be. He did not practice yesterday. I can have to look at the practice report, report and see if he practiced today because I was I was at practice yesterday, but I couldn't get there today. Um, so, you know, there's that is going to be a big part of it. If the right tackle, if he is not playing, that is going to be problematic. Um, so he did, he, he did practice day, but he was limited. So I think, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, Carlos Hyde has been putting together a very nice season. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the run game didn't do much of anything the other day, but I know that the Chicago bear run defense is, you know, right in the middle of the pack there in the NFL. Right. So I would say Carlos Hyde is something to be concerned about. Assuming Trent Taylor is healthy. I think he's a sneaky wide receiver, um, that, can sometimes fool teams, but I think the biggest thing is Garoppolo. Like I think he's he's the X factor because we don't know how he connects with his receivers. Um, you know, we just we don't know yet. And listen, Marquise Goodwin has had some really spectacular plays, and that certainly is something that could happen again. But I think that the real X factor here is Jimmy Garoppolo. We haven't, other than the three plays at the end of the game, and they were three great plays. We haven't really seen him, so we don't entirely know how he's going to connect with his receivers. We don't know what he's going to be able to create out there. Um, Shanahan talked a lot yesterday about his quick release and about how it helps make up if he can't anticipate or if he doesn't anticipate something right away, he can make up for it with that quick release. And I actually I think that's a pretty dangerous weapon in a quarterback um, because you know if you can if you can miss on something and still get the ball out fast and accurately, that's a pretty good skill. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the X factor. We'll see what he can do, how he connects with his receivers, how he can help, you know, the run game. And I think if, the, if Trent Brown is playing and the offensive line can give him some protection and create some holes for Carlos Hyde mm-hmm. um, in the play action, then the Brewers' offense could be, you know, relatively for what they have going on dangerous on Sunday. But again, I, I really just think Garoppolo is the X factor this week. That's that we just you know, don't know. They could end up being, some of those receivers could end up being really dangerous when you have a very good quarterback throwing the ball to you. Yeah, absolutely. I so, mean, it's... Um, and a quarterback who knows how to make plays. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. Um, I definitely agree with you that he would he would definitely be an X factor. I mean, there is tape on Garoppolo, but it's over over a year old. I mean, almost a year and a half at this point because he, he hasn't played or started a game since September of last year. And it was on a different team. So, I mean, a lot of the film that they have on him is basically on what his tendencies might be, but he was on a different team with different players running a different system. So, you know, the film that the Bears do have on Garoppolo, I don't know how helpful or how useful uh, it can be. So um, he's definitely going to be an X factor uh, one way or another, at least hopefully for the, you know, for the first half of the game maybe. 
But um, on the defensive side, we talked about it a minute ago. You got you know DeForest Buckner, you got Reuben Foster, Solomon Thomas, uh, even Eric Armstead was a was a high pick a few years back and uh, and whatnot. You know he's, he's injured though. He's on is he? He's okay. on IR. So, IR really? Yeah, what, he's on IR, so he will not be playing on Sunday. Yeah. What did what's going on with him? Um, yeah, he went on IR a, a few weeks ago. Um, I'm try- there's over 20 players on IR, so I can't. <laughs> I want to say it was his shoulder, but that may have been why he went on IR last year. I see. To be honest with you, there's so many players on IR. Um, but he is – I want to say it's either his shoulder or his ankle. Okay. I can't remember which one it is. So. I know it was his shoulder last season, but, yeah, there, we had a lot of players on IR right now. Um, but, yeah, so he's been – he hasn't been playing for about a month. Okay. Well, I mean, we've had similar seasons. Like, I mean, last year and, and 2015, it seemed like anybody – we had more players on IR than we had on the roster uh, at one point, so I definitely feel your pain on that one. I mean, we've still had our bumps and bruises this year, but not nearly as bad as it had been the last couple of of uh, seasons. So, so what's left on defense besides a, a Thomas and, and and Foster and and whatnot? What what uh, what key players do you guys have on the defensive side? So obviously, like you said, Reuben Foster and DeForest Buckner are are probably our two best players in the front seven. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, it'll be interesting to see in the secondary rookie um, cornerback, Akella Witherspoon, has been playing well. Definitely has made some rookie mistakes, but he's been playing well and definitely shown some flashes, but he did not practice today. So, to see what's going on with him. Um, Adrian Colbert has been a fantastic player, but he is probably not going to play on Sunday, so you guys probably aren't going to see him because he had injury on his thumb uh, the week of Thanksgiving. So, he, or I'm sorry, the week it was after the bye week, after the Giants game. So he probably needs one more week, um, but we'll see. But Eric Reed is having a monster season. He had a sack last week. He led the team with seven tackles. Like He's having a fantastic season. So I think the players to watch on defense definitely are Reuben Foster, DeForest Buckner, and Eric Reed. Okay, so one for every level of the of the defense there. That's, that's yes, good. Yes, basically. Yeah. Basically so, one for every level. That makes sense. Yes. <laughs> So looking through the schedule, it's kind of been, I mean, granted, you know, obviously you've lost all but one game, but it looks like it's been somewhat of a, a roller coaster. You start out with some, some, you know, like the almost zero offense in the first couple of games. Then you have that 39-point explosion against the Rams. You play in a couple of tight games where, like, where you're very close to winning the first game, followed by a bunch of blowouts and, and stuff like, you know, what has that been like, you know, to feel like you're getting closer and then have those blowout games come in and kind of take the, the wind out of your sails there? Well, actually, it's interesting because the first game to Carolina was not a close game, but then the next five, they won by three points or, le- or lost by three points or less, mm-hmm. a league record. Um, and then, yes, there was the blowout loss to Philly, and they beat the Giants. I, it's not, you know, it kind of just is what it is. Again, I'm, I'm really not surprised. This, was, this is kind of how I thought this year was going to go. Mm-hmm. This is a very much a rebuilding year. So I think the hardest games were the games where you lose by three points or less. Yeah, That's sure. The blowout, none of the blowouts were all that surprising. There was no, it wasn't surprising they got blown up by the Cowboys. It wasn't surprising they got blown up by the Eagles. Um, they played Seattle very close in week two, but again, that was 20 players on IR ago. Right. So <laughs> this week really wasn't a huge surprise either. Um, so I just think, I don't, I have to say, I'm not really shocked by anything of the season. It's it's gone pretty much in a way that I think makes sense, unfortunately. But I, I it's not was was not a big shock. Right. Yeah. You you kind of have to just grin and bear it while they're while they're working their way uh, through this and try to find the positives 
uh, where you can, like in a decent season for DeForest Buckner and Ruben Foster, you know, and try to find oh, the right. positives there and to celebrate the addition of, of a Jimmy Garoppolo that hopefully you solved your quarterback question and, uh, and whatnot. I mean, these are the things you'll probably look back on if and when you want to talk about 2017 um, uh, in the way that the season has uh, the season has gone. So I was just saying, you know, if Garoppolo does play well, or you know, well enough that you could say, all right, with a better line and better receivers, whatever, he would he could definitely flourish. It does, like you say, solve the quarterback question. Now the draft and free agency can be really focused on the offensive line, on the cornerback position. And on wide and receivers, and that's you know that's a huge load. If you have the quarterback taken care of, that makes things a lot easier and more manageable for sure. Yeah, and and I don't know why I've been doing it, but I've been looking at uh, mock drafts, which is the equivalent of banging your head against the wall at this point uh, in the year. But um, right right now, the 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 Forty Nineers sitting at number two overall, and every mock draft that I've seen. Every last one has the 49ers taking Saquon Barkley, the running back, in the with the with the number two pick. Is that something that you'd be a fan of? Um, you know, with with Barkley and, and Hyde in the same backfield, or would you want the 49ers to look elsewhere? I think it depends. I mean, Hyde is a free agent this year, so if mm, okay. he if they choose not to resend Hyde, um, then potentially. But I actually think they could probably find a decent running back in free agency um I, I think that offensive line has to be like the offensive line and wide receiver has to be have to be the number one priorities now but Hyde has had a good year and um has definitely given the 49ers a reason to want to keep him I think it's just going to depend on if you know what the price tag is and if it is worth it and they have plenty of money in free agency but they also have a lot of needs so yeah. I think it'll just depend if it's worth it aren't they at like 100 million again this offseason yeah, I mean they have a lot. They they definitely have a lot of money to spend in free agency. Sure, sure. Um, which which will help the situation, but yeah, Hyde is a free agent, so it'll. I think it depends if they're going to keep Hyde. I don't see any reason to draft Saquon Barkley, even though I think he's an incredible player and will be a star. If they're going to keep Hyde, then that draft pick should be used elsewhere, in right. my opinion. So you know, looking at the at the schedule, is there is there a game that you that you'd wish they they'd won, like they should have won? This game, do you play the shoulda, coulda, woulda game when you're when you're when you're talking about your your team? I mean, we're all guilty of that, right? Yeah, I don't I don't really do that. Um, not in a season like this. Right. I think if they were fighting for a playoff spot, or if um, like the year that they had the 2012 NFC or 2013 NFC Championship game in Seattle, right? There was a game against New Orleans that it would have been great if they won and they lost on a questionable penalty that was tough because if they won that game they would have had home field advantage in the nfc championship game and i think mm. that would have made a difference sure in a season like this not really because right. it doesn't really matter right. <laughs> so you're just looking ahead 2018 is 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 on the horizon uh for you right yes exactly so with the with the five games exactly. that we have left here you got the bears on Sunday, you're at Houston, then home for Tennessee and Jacksonville before finishing out with the with the Rams. Um, outside of this weekend, because, um, you know, that game's going to happen whether we want it to or not. Um, what do you think? I mean, do you think the 49ers might be able to steal one in the last four weeks? Or are you looking at 1-15, 2-14? What do you think? I think it's probably going to be 2-14. I do think that probably 
our best chances, or their, their best chances at a win are this weekend or against the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, are probably the best two chances at a win because then it's Jacksonville, Tennessee, and those, and like you said, the Rams. So now you have three. You have one playoff team and two potential playoff teams. Right. Um, and a couple of teams will be fighting, but you know, you never know. It's those are the kind of games that like a team like the 49ers win and spoil it for whoever like is one game away from going to the playoffs. So you know, you just. You just never know, but I still think this weekend and next weekend are probably the two best chances to win. Those are, that, those would be my guesses. I, I think that they will win this weekend. I hate to tell you that, but I could be wrong because I say that a lot. But I, I do actually think they will win this weekend. I just think it's his first start. He'll be back in his hometown. Um, I just think there's a good chance they win this weekend. The funny thing is, Tracy, I don't completely disagree with you. Uh, I definitely know that there is a great possibility the Bears could blow this game um, because of, number one, because of the unknowns uh, of Garoppolo. Number two, because that's the way that this season is going at this point, is that we have been mm-hmm. losing a lot of games that have been within our control. Um, and we've been you know, ex- right. excellent at shooting ourselves in the foot and beating ourselves more so than our opponents have uh, in many instances uh, this year. Uh, when the Bears have been mistake-free or as close to mistake-free as you can be in this game, they can play with anybody. But the problem is they've been tripping right. over their own feet all season long. And, um, you know, this this game has disaster written all over it. I mean, if there could be such a thing as a trap game for a 3-8 and eight team, this would be it. To think that, you know, this 1-10 team is going to come in here. They're a West Coast team that, you know... I don't know what the weather's going to be like on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be bad at all, so that probably won't be a factor like it was last year. But, you know, this guy is starting his first game in a year and a half, and he's only been on the team for a month, so how up to speed can he be? The offensive line is is beat up, and we can get after him, and so on and so forth. And the next thing you know, the 49ers are up 14 against a football team that is not built to play from behind. So, you know, it's just it's setting itself up right. to be one of those kind of days. I hope to God, for my sake, that that's not the case. Otherwise, the 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 little hair that I have on my head will be gone because I'll tear it out. <laughs> well, I hope that you don't do that. Just remember, <laughs> there's always next year. Yes, indeed. As a there's lifelong year, Cubs fan, yeah, as a lifelong Cub fan, I'm very familiar with the term. There's always next year. Thankfully, in 2016, we put that one to bed, yes. but. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with there's always next year when it comes to a Chicago uh, sports team. So, uh, Tracy, thanks so much uh, for coming back on. Uh, best of luck on Sunday as far at, at the very least, as far as not adding to your IR total uh, this year, because, you know. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that very much. Thank you very much for having me on. It was fun. And uh, where else can we uh, where can we find you on Twitter, Facebook? Where can we find you? So uh, everything, Twitter, Instagram, at 49ers Fangirl, all one word, Facebook, 49ers Fangirl, and you can find everything at fangirlsportsnetwork.com. Tracy Sandler from the Fangirl Sports Network, the 49er Fangirl, helping us preview week 13 between the Bears and the 49ers. I want to thank Tracy Sandler, the 49er fangirl, for joining us and helping us preview the game between the Bears and the 49ers, even though admittedly we didn't talk much about the actual game. 
on Sunday. It was more about a glimpse into the future for both these franchises who, uh, you know, are basically just playing out the string uh, at this point. One and ten for the Niners, three and eight for us uh, with our Bears. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I, I said this last week, it's simple, but it's, it really is just a matter of the Bears not beating themselves uh, on Sunday. Um, you know, like I said, this is going to be one of those rare opportunities where it's a pretty, pretty much a proven fact that we are better than the team that we're facing, uh, on Sunday, you know, last year it was the same thing. There weren't many teams. It was a very short list of teams that the bears were actually better than in 2016. And when we played the 49ers, you could definitely tell the bears were better than the 49ers. And that's what we should see this coming Sunday. You know, not factoring in the 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 anomaly of what uh, Garoppolo brings to the table. Is this the the guy that's going to reignite the offense and give them a little bit of light, uh, you know, a life, and uh, a little bit of hope as to you know maybe making these last five games or so interesting uh, to close out the year, giving 49er fans a glimpse into their own future as far as this guy you know being traded uh, to San Francisco to kind of be the guy going forward rather than you know letting it toil in free agency and all that kind of stuff they went ahead and and, and jumped the gun and took care of this now they went ahead and got Garoppolo and uh you know chosen him to to be the the quarterback of the of the very near future at the very least so um you know what uh what will that what will all that be uh on Sunday how much will Garoppolo bring to the table you know like i said before He's a Chicago area guy. I think Hoffman Estates or something like that is where he's from. Uh, somewhere somewhere in the suburbs for sure. Uh, Winter Eastern Illinois. Probably grew up a Bears fan. This is a local guy. So there's probably going to be a lot of his own people there. God knows there probably won't be many Bear fans in the stands with the way that they're, uh, they're kind of sending a message to management with attendance uh, this year. You know, it, it hasn't been pretty uh, thus far. And we've got... The 49ers and the Browns are the two remaining home games for the Bears this year. Games that we definitely should win. We should win both of those games. And, um, you know, look back to two years ago, a game that still gets under my skin. That's the kind of game that we cannot have against the 49ers. You know, you guys heard me talk about it for an entire friggin' offseason about how that rematch with the 49ers in week 13 of last year was the game that I could not wait to get to because that's the one that I wanted back. The half a dozen or so mistakes the Bears made in that game in 2015, Cutler throws a pick six. We have a punt return for a touchdown that's called back because of a holding penalty. Robbie Gold misses two field goals. Either one of them would have won us the game in regulation instead of sending it to overtime uh, and all the rest. I mean, there were a couple of others, you know, penalties and, and whatnot that killed the Bears at, you know, inopportune times uh, and whatnot. You know, uh, I've famously said over and over again about that game, the Bears made half a dozen mistakes if we don't make one. If you just take one of those mistakes off the board, the Bears win the game in, in regulation, and we don't have we don't uh, have the opportunity for Blaine Gabbert to embarrass us in overtime with a 71-yard touchdown pass to Torrey Smith. You know, And we righted that wrong last year uh, and, and got to beat the crap out of Kaepernick as kind of a uh, cherry on top, if you will. Um, but, uh, you know, that was one of the few games that was fun to watch last year, 
uh, for the Bears. I mean, they had a few exciting efforts last year, but most of which resulted in in losing, like the comeback against the Titans, the comeback against the Packers, uh, and things like that. But that one, we actually put our foot down on on San Francisco's throat and didn't let up throughout the entire uh, ball game. Uh, aside from an ugly first quarter, the Bears dominated that game thoroughly. So that's what should happen this Sunday. That's what should happen. We are better than the 49ers. We can't make that claim with about 28 or 29 other teams in the league at this point with the way the Bears are playing. So, um, you know, this is one of those rare ones where it's, you know, the Bears should be favored. Uh, They're at home. We do have the better team. We should be able to take advantage of that. And we will as long as we don't participate in our own defeat the way that we have so many other times this year. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's like I mentioned to, uh, Tracy that, and I don't know if I mentioned it before or after I, I told Tracy that, um, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, it's the kind of thing that sets up beautifully for the bears to screw up. Uh, they come in thinking that, uh, you know, maybe they're, they're going to get an easy one with the 49ers or they take the Niners too lightly. And before you know it, we're down 14 points and we're a team that's not built to play from behind. So that's the kind of thing we definitely want to avoid uh, on Sunday. You know, we basically just have to stay out of our own way and force the, the 49ers to make the mistakes they've been making all year anyway. So that, that's what we want to do. When you get after Garoppolo, we want to ruin his debut. We want to be smart on offense, run the football, establish the run. A week after running for six yards on 14 carries last week, Jordan Howard should factor heavily in this football game, especially in the beginning. This is actually one of the rare times all season. I wouldn't mind seeing the Bears run like the first five times uh, on offense. Just run the ball, run it, and then when we're done running the ball, run it some more before we turn Trubisky loose on this defense. They're 28th in the league in points allowed. I think they're 28th or 29th overall uh, in defense. This should be a good game for our offense to kind of get something going this week and hopefully it's a good opportunity for Trubisky to kind of have that breakout game where we get to see Trubisky take over a football game. Goff had his opportunity to to do it last year. Wentz did it a couple of times last season and you know both in their you know in their rookie campaigns I would like to see Trubisky join the fold. I mean we saw Watson do it earlier this year. Patrick Mahomes down in Kansas City hasn't really had a chance to to play although that debate is burning pretty hot since the 5-0 and Chiefs are now 6-5 and and struggling to stay atop the division uh, in the AFC West. But, um, you know, Trubisky started the last seven games and, um, you know, he's shown flashes and shown potential and, and shown the reasons why we why he took him second overall and why we're, we're putting the future in his hands. Let's actually do that. You know, like I talked about before the interview, um, I want a coach that's going to trust Trubisky and, 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 and put the offense in his hands. Let him do what he does. Let's, let's try to, you know, accentuate what this kid does well and, and turn him loose. We're, there's five games left in the season. We're three and eight. Turn him loose. Do it. Let him do some stuff. Do your best job coaching him to make sure that he doesn't develop any bad habits, but let's try to use this kid. Let's let him do some stuff, especially with the games we have ahead of us. The 49ers now, a few weeks, three weeks from now, we have the um, 
Cleveland Browns, uh, the, the Lions, you know, we get a second bite at the Lions. We got the Bengals next week. These are not exactly teams that are burning up the league right now. And, you know, we should be taking advantage of that. So that's what I want to see. And that's basically what the Bears have to do. It's not even so much having to be perfect. We just, we just have to stay out of our own way. The penalties and such, we can't be turning the football over. We have to protect Trubisky because he got sacked twice where he fumbled the ball a couple of times last week. You can't have that. Trubisky needs to be a little smarter with his throwing decisions because he threw a couple of picks uh, last week. We don't want to have that anymore either. The self-inflicted wounds. Let's Hopefully they can take the week off and we can just dominate this game against San Francisco and this can be one of our few uh, remaining Sundays to enjoy uh, a game from the Bears in 2017 um, before we move on to whatever's going to happen uh, the rest of the way. So I think that will do it for me here. Uh, the week 13 preview of the Chicago Bears review come back on Monday when we will review this game. Or maybe if they play badly enough, I'll I'll curse into the microphone for 40 minutes like I did a few weeks ago. Because if we lose this game, it's not going to be a pretty situation. I guarantee it. It's not going to be because, hey, the 49ers were just better than us today. They played a good football game and blah, 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 blah. Because straight up, we should, we you know, straight up as far as who we are, what they are, we should be able to beat the 49ers. That's, you know, they've got all the intangibles in their favor. The new kid starting his first game, got the hometown crowd, could possibly be behind him because of the way the other team plays. Uh, right now, we'll, you know, a lot of unknowns going into what Garoppolo will be doing in this system under Kyle Shanahan with this offense and this personnel uh, and things like that. A lot of things in 49ers' favor as far as that goes. But that aside, straight up and down, this is one of the rare opportunities where we can say with a straight face, we're better than the 49ers, so we should definitely beat them on Sunday. So. That's what should happen. And if we lose, it's going to be because something embarrassing or awful happened. And I can almost guarantee that I will be on this microphone Sunday afternoon after the game, screaming into this microphone about losing another December home game to the San Francisco 49ers. So, you know, for those of you that found that episode with the Packers, the Packers entertaining, maybe that's what you're praying for. I, for one, uh, would like to be able to savor this and come back and talk to you on Monday night about how the Bears won their fourth game of the year over the 49ers in impressive or easy or whatever fashion. Just let's have a victory Monday because we're running out of opportunities to have them this year. So anyway, that's going to do it. Uh, Hopefully come back on Monday. And, you know, if you're sadistic and and you hate me, then uh, we'll be back on Sunday and, uh, you know, prepare your your eardrums for some, some language that would make a sailor blush. So until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Chicago Bears Review. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.